Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Roundtable. This is episode number 22. I am your host, Kenny, and joining me for today's discussion are my good friends, Tony, Melody, Anne, and Chad. Today, we're going to be discussing Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Now, if you've heard other episodes of this podcast, we have discussed other Star Trek series. And as you know, I am a huge Star Trek fan. So I was really looking forward to sitting down with this group of friends and talking Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So I'm not going to say much about it. We had a great time discussing it. I just want to share that with you guys. So we're going to jump on in and take a listen. It's time for our main topic. Today we're going to be discussing Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And joining me for this discussion are my good friends Chad. Hi. Melody. Hey, y'all. Tony. Kapla. And Anne. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Deep Space Nine. Here's a little bit of information. This is the third spinoff from the original. It ran from January 3rd, 1993 to June 2nd, 1999. It's seven seasons long. There's 176 episodes, and it overlapped with The Next Generation for two years, and it also overlapped with Voyager for two years at the end. It won four Emmys, and it was nominated for two Hugo Awards. So uh, let's start with, were you a fan of Star Trek before Deep Space Nine? Did you watch anything prior to that? Yes, I, I was a very deep uh, Star Trek fan uh, from the time I was about six years old. So I was, I was a little apprehensive about DS9 when it first came on, but I was definitely a Star Trek fan when it started. Yeah, Jen? Uh, yeah, I was, um, I, w- I was just leaving high school, going into college, I think, when this one came out. So I remember it happening live, and I remember all my friends really getting really excited, and I wasn't for some reason. This one, nothing about it really nothing appealed clicked. to me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. And I'll be honest, as I'll probably say in a minute, it never really did. So yeah. just FYI. <laughs> uh, I'm not yeah, leaning one way or I know. I'm like, oh, 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 next to the big fan, the least I know. I'm kind of like, I'm just sit here and silently judge you. <laughs> I know. And I don't want to start that way, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll just be quiet for a lot of this one. <laughs> Melody? Yeah. I, uh, I'd seen TNG before and some of the original series. And then uh, one of my best friends in college, she was like, Oh, you like TNG? Have you seen Deep Space Nine? And then I was like, what's Deep Space Nine? There's more Star Treks besides the Lady Captain one. Uh, <laughs> which I, I had known because I was a, a fan of uh, Kate Mulgrew yeah. and other works. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. well, who but, but yeah, and then she was like, you know, Ronald D. Moore from BSG took it over. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. And... 
I was a fan of the original and also Next Generation. And my mom and I, because it did overlap for those two years, we did watch uh, Next Generation and we watched DS9. We we tried. I have to say, um, it was a little rough uh, watching DS9 in the beginning because I think it was trying to find its leggings. And I think even the audience was trying to find their leggings with it too. Um, So yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. I, I obviously loved TNG. So when D Space Nine came out, I immediately jumped over to it. But like as many of you said, I had a hard time because I loved TNG so much. Yeah. Yep. And D Space Agreed. Nine is so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, you know, they brought over Brian, who yeah. I liked from TNG, but he wasn't even a, a well fleshed out character on TNG. Mm-hmm. But it was still see it was nice to see a familiar face. But, you know, I wasn't a big fan of, of Commander Cisco. It took definitely some warming up. Of that series, he doesn't. It really isn't until I think maybe season three that yep. Cisco starts getting character. Well, he becomes captain. Yeah, and he grows a little goatee, goes bald. Yeah. <laughs> then he becomes yeah. unbelievable. Then it's like, wow. ah, well, that's yeah. the line. He really, it's he really does. No, it really, it's 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 it like, re- there is like a it's night the and day. The beard for Riker. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I can yeah. imagine if you're watching it when it originally came out in sequence with TNG, how mm-hmm. much harder it would be to watch yeah. those two seasons because yeah. that's some of TNG's best episodes. Yeah. And then you're watching it alongside some of the worst yeah. episodes of DS9. Yeah. yeah. Well, DS9 sort of gave birth to the Star Trek phenomenon. So, okay. Original series happened in the 60s. Tony's a ginormous, huge fan of DS9, just FYI. Great. Oh, cool. cool. I, 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 <laughs> it takes all kinds to make the world go around in some beautiful colors. But, but no, okay. We had, we had 30 years in between original series and then Next Gen. Yes. And then yes. Next Gen happened and it was a success and then we got Deep Space Nine. And for the very first time we had overlapping IP, but we also had competing IP at the same time. Yes. yes. But also we had, you know, a writing staff that was inventing a new show. Mm-hmm. And so what happens if we go back in the first two seasons of like Next Gen, or the first two seasons of DS9, the first season of Voyager and you know, all the subsequent series, yes. there's always been these rocky mm-hmm. portions because they didn't really know what they were writing to. Like the the last five the, the final episodes of Next Gen first season were some weird Federation coup ploy thing that no one cares about. Now, yeah, right? with the little thing. Right? Yeah, and, the, and, little, yep. the little things. But and, and DS9, we didn't have the Dominion in the beginning of DS9, right? Yes. We just had what we had was a captain or a commander. A commander, yeah. Wasn't even a captain. Yeah. And he hated our favorite character, Jean Luc Picard. Yes. Right. And that is where the show begins. Yes. Which I loved that, honestly, <laughs> because I just like. I, there's a thing that Discovery does that I really like, and Discovery kills a lot of characters just like all the other Star Trek does, but I feel like on Discovery, they actually make them into characters that you care about at least a little bit before they kill them off. And the glibness about people dying so often in all the other series really bothered me. So I really liked that DS9 started with someone who's like, well, my wife died because of the actions that you took. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it really adds sort of like a roundness, I think, to the world. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite scenes is when he runs in, when Q first meets him and they're doing the little boxing thing and Q's like, Picard would have never punched me. And he's like, I'm not Picard. (laughs) Boom! Yep. 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 Accurate. Yeah, I think I think one thing that that unfortunately DS9 had is that it never was able to stand on its own. It had two years in between. Mm-hmm. It or three years, I guess, in between, because it had two years it shared oh, with right, TNG, yeah. Yeah, yeah. had two years it shared with Voyager, and then it had that little three little, you know year pocket to become its own thing where there was no other Trek on. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's hard to start. And like mm-hmm. you said, it's coming off of TNG, which was huge, yeah. and then they were trying to 
create something totally different, but also the same to keep fans around. Mm -hmm. And it just took a little... I enjoyed Teen... I mean, I loved DS9. The first season, I, there's some amazing episodes yeah. Yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, it was enough for me to... I mean, I, yeah. I kept watching mm -hmm. it. It was mm -hmm. really, really good. And I, I... My love for this series grew as time went on as I became more accustomed to the characters. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit, you know, the... Uh, uh, Goodness, what what is it? Um, uh, Move along home. The the board game. I still like that. Well, we were talking. About, we were at work yesterday, and he was singing it and doing the little yeah. thing, and I'm like, I'm I like it. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's funny now, but in 1996, when it was on TV, you're like, what? Why is that yep. guy playing hopscotch? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I but but there, there was some there was some blockiness, but you know, out of that, we we got some really interesting characters. Yes. Too, you know, and we got some of yeah. the best overarching characters of all of it. It was one of, the, one of the first times I can remember actually seeing long form stories. Yes. 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 Yeah, and that's, yes. I think that's when yeah. they finally discovered that for their storytelling. Yes. That's when that series yeah. took off. Yeah, it really yeah. works. That was like season yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. The Dominion yeah. War started, yeah. Klingon mm -hmm. War. You know, and there's some they got really Worf. hard. They got Worf. Yeah. They got Worf. Yeah. Oh, like I said, they got Worf. They made Cisco a captain. He went bald. They got a goatee. They got the Defiance. Defiance, yeah. Defiance. There were lots of key moments in those season three, season four that mm -hmm. really made the series what it is. It's it, To me, it is the best written Trek of yeah. all Star Trek. And I, I have to say that I honestly think the fact that DS9 operates almost as a companion to the rest of the mm. Trek universe isn't its strength to me because I think that you know you can't really have this show without having a knowledge of the other shows but I think having it go in weird directions that the other show doesn't do and focusing so much on non-federation space and non-federation planets and species um to me that's so interesting that's what makes Deep Space Nine interesting and that's yeah. why I really like it yeah the first, I mean, my first real impression that I can remember of the show was episode one, and it got really religious mm -hmm. really quick. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I did not, you know, it's very chocolate peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Get your religion out of my Star Trek, man, you yeah. kind of thing. But I, I don't know. Okay, so I, I am an atheist, and I'm third generation atheist on both sides of my family. And um, I will probably never be a religious or spiritual person, and that's fine. But I love the religious aspect to Deep Space Nine, actually. I'm with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and because... Even I just though, like it because it was yeah. still... I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it was okay. because it was a twist. It was, yeah. were they aliens or were they... Yeah. They were the gods to the Bajorans, but they were just other beings. Exactly. And I think that's you actually know. what bothered me about it more than anything else. Really? Because in the way you found out through the course of that, just that first episode was, you know, all of a sudden here's this new character that hates the one we all love, mm -hmm. which is a really good yes. point I had not mm -hmm. thought of until now. Now I really don't like it. <laughs> And so all of a sudden, he's now the savior to this people because yes. they were told so. And then you find out they were told so by these aliens who are now in this weird hole in space over there. And I'm like, well, now wait a minute. So is this religion or it? I really didn't know but where I they mean, were trying to go. What with it. is religion, though? I mean, I think that's the question it's asking because that's a different all, podcast. All cultures have religion, <laughs> and it's a way. Like, if you think of religion from a non like, if you assume religion isn't real, which Star Trek does, because in Star Trek the um, the Star Trek aliens, including humans, have moved, quote-unquote, moved past religion, right? right. Yes. Um, Why does God need a spaceship? Right. Um, but I think, you know, it's a way of us coming up... It's it's a way of coming up with questions about the world and how to answer them. It is, it's sort of the the proto-fantasy stories, right? It's, it's our myths and, and our legends. And 
um, how, how do those come into being and how do we, how do we think of beings that we possibly can't understand? You know, it Q seems like magic, but he's just us in 10,000 years or something. Right. Um, and so I think that religion, I think Trek handling religion in the way that they handled specifically the Bajoran religion is really interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting note. I don't know if you all knew that Kira's character was supposed to be Rolaren. Yep. Yeah. From TNG. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Michelle, they asked Michelle Forbes to be the main character. Okay. Uh, and she didn't want to, you know, sign a seven-year contract. So uh, she went on to do a vampire show, if I remember correctly. She went on. Season two of True Blood, right? There you go, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. She was in that. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so, so, she, so they invented the character of Kira, and they decided to bring O'Brien over instead to be the connection to between be the, the connection. two series. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. That's, yeah, I think yeah. now, do you think the series would be different if Ro Laren was the liaison between I don't think so, because Bajoran. Kira is one of my favorites because she... It's very obvious. I mean, I knew that going into it. Yeah. I knew the story behind that. And I think from the very beginning, she made it very clear, I ain't Roll Aaron. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yet she still managed to get across what I assume would be the same storyline. Yeah. yeah. No, there was no, yeah. I never doubted that actress who's amazing um, or that character in the position they were in. Yeah. It made total sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so. And I, I, I think it would have been different if only because Roe was a part of Starfleet. Mm. And I think a big thing of Kira is that she's part of the Bajoran government. She's not Starfleet. She's not Starfleet. That's not her position. And that's not, and she flaunts Starfleet multiple times, which of course Ro also does. Right. Right. I mean, she eventually joins the Maquis. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it, I think it would be different only because, if only because Kira is not part of Starfleet. So how do you think they would have worked that out? Because there would have had to been some sort of Bajoran influence at the very high level. Would it have been like a third yeah. person? Would that been, we just... Or would it have just been Odo, maybe? I don't know. Oh, I didn't thought of that. Opaka might have had a bigger role. Barile could have done some. I mean, oh, I, I liked Opaka. <laughs> Why did Opaka leave so soon? She died, but yeah. she, she, she went she, to the Gamma Quadrant, right? She's she on the, to yeah. the to the people who the can't planet, die. Yeah, the planet who can't die. die. Yeah, yeah they and then we end up fighting each other. Barile and who's the other woman's name? Wynn. Uh, Wynn. Oh, Wynn. Oh, I hated her. She's so good at being evil. Oh, she's so good at it. I hated her. Well played. Love to hate her. She ends up having an affair with Golduka. I know. Oh my. God, yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not Good. surprised. No. Well, okay, so as a commentary on religion, though, because the Bajorans are a faith-based people, like look what happens to the Bajorans at the beginning of the show. We have they—they they are, I wouldn't call them triumphant, because they—they've just fought off the Cardassians, yeah. right? And at right. that time, Kaiopaka is their spiritual leader, and she is in charge of everything. But she dies, and the power vacuum that is created gives rise to Win, who ultimately is almost Bajor's final destruction when oh, when you know Gul Dukat mm-hmm. comes yeah. in there. So yeah. like the corruption of their religion, they get into that with like the Pawraiths, like are is it yeah. the Pawraiths or you know, it's it's very, very central to everything that goes on, I guess, in, in the 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 broad A plot of of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And yeah, it, you know, I I guess not until we're having this conversation they realize exactly how central religion is, even as like a, a plot set piece. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, Kira's in love with Barile. She's in the beginning a supporter of Win, and that mm-hmm. all changes up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it. 
there's so many more layers to it now. That I think about. Damn. I'm already, I mean, I'm already planning to go back and watch CS9 again, just because before we started this, I realized there's a lot I actually had not mm-hmm. gotten to. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of want to make sure, see if I might go into it watching if religion is actually more of a forefront than I was going to put it into a, mm-hmm. a yeah. sci-fi show. Yeah. I think yeah. I might enjoy it more. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I re-watch... Re- Hiroshi, though. <laughs> I, ah. I like to re-watch um, series, in particular, like Star Trek series. Because, again, when I saw it when I was younger... Yeah. Check it out when I am in my 20s, 30s. Mm-hmm. I like sure. to do that because I catch on to things that maybe I didn't catch on before or talking to others. It's like... Yeah. That is fascinating. Yeah. I should look into this more <laughs> the next time I watch this. Um, so. Can I, speaking on that point, can I skip ahead a bit to our favorite episodes? Because, <gasps> sure. like, I rewatched my favorite episode, re- like, this week, and um, it's past tense, the episode where they go to 2024. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah. watching yes. that in almost the 2020s <laughs> is, like, insane. <laughs> So first of all, San Francisco really is a sanctuary. They, they call it a sanctuary district, but of course San, San Francisco is a sanctuary, is a sanctuary. city yeah. um, today. And, um, and and again, in the second half, when the the villain is the governor, it's like, Gavin Newsom's going to bomb San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, That's funny. Uh, well, we're on favorite episodes, so let's go ahead. And... I'm a huge baseball fan, so take me out to the uh, Hollis. Yes. That was delightful. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a fun one. Yeah. Again, that's a fun one. It was a light one to kind of like put into the series to kind of just, oh, let's breathe. Yeah. And then we'll go back into it. But that's yeah. probably one of my favorite episodes because of being a baseball fan. Yeah. I think probably one of my ultimate favorites, and I can't remember the name of it, is where Cisco is talking to the computer. It's the whole him telling the story of what happened. Yes. Where he he actually falsifies information to the Romulan yes. and then kills the Romulan yep. to get the Romulan to enter the war. That right there, I mean, that's like the epitome. Picard. That is never. the epitome. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Correct. That's the epitome of D Space Nine. Right there. Yes. Yeah. Is they were willing to go where no Trek should have gone. Yeah. You know, and they did. Um, and it changes everything. Everything. You know, yeah, and, but he had to do it. It was mm-hmm. one of those choices. Yeah. And you're right. Picard would never have done never. it. Yeah. Cisco is the man. He's the captain that could. Mm-hmm. And know, I contend Cisco see, would be a better admiral than Picard would be an admiral. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I don't know though. I, like I hate like all the different. admirals. <laughs> <laughs> there are very few admirals that we actually like on the show. Yeah. I like the Admiral Janeway. Oh well. Uh, yeah. well <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Um, is that one called Necessary Evil, or was that no? That's a different one. That's a different one. Okay. Yeah, I think that was Sorry. different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm, I'm unfortunately I'm not as fluent. I don't remember the title. title. Me neither. Yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. I think that's because TNG. Yeah. yeah, it's because they're so serialized. I mean, yeah. I, I had to look yeah. up the names of a bunch of them, and yeah. so many of my favorite ones that were multi episodes. They're not even like yeah. this part one, part two, and part three. They have yeah. totally different names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to say, so mine. My favorite DS9 episode, not named Far Beyond the Stars, is actually oh. the Vic Fontaine episodes. Okay, it's two. Really? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Vic Fontaine. I'll tell you There's two great Vic Fontaine episodes. Okay. Wait, sorry. It's Which the, character does Vic Fontaine yeah. play? He's, he's, he's the holographic uh, lounge singer from Las Vegas. Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am also a singer, and so I, I kind of like Vic to begin with. But yes. 
the Odo Vic episode and the um, the Nog Vic episodes. Oh. Where well, the Nog one's really good. Yes. Vic teaches Odo how to get laid, and and, and, and Vic, Vic cures Nog of his you know of his amputee yes. depression syndrome. Yes, and it's I mean they are really great character studies for two different sort of you know points in someone's life. Yeah, and it's, it's I like the way that those Vic episodes were able to bring out of those particular characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite? I know you're not. Uh, I'm, Deep into I'm really not as ver- well versed as I'm going to be. I'm yeah. like, just that alone. Like, I will be right back in about, what, 76 hours. Yeah. Um, I've always been a fan of the ones that turn your known characters on their head. Yes. Um, so, Which they love doing. Yeah, they so, did that a lot. Uh, I feel like Torture O'Brien is like a theme throughout the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, Poor O'Brien. Yes, yep. it is. Uh, so Where specifically, would I would point to all the alternate dimension ones. Which mm-hmm. oh, they did, that's my favorite. Uh, that was another, yeah, that yeah. was a note, is that that's, that's one of my Near favorite. Universe, it yeah. wasn't the approach, it was in the original yeah. series, mm-hmm. TNG never touched never it. Never did it. Nope. Yeah. And then DS9 went crazy. Yeah, they did. A handful of episodes. And I have to say, like, honestly, I just like, hate all mirror universes every single <laughs> every single one from original series to discovery oh, but, i like that i know <laughs> but i do have to say that um it is sort of another example of ds9 taking something and showing the consequences of it because yeah. mm-hmm. i think what's interesting about the ds9 mirror universe as opposed to the mirror universes of the other series is that it's the same mirror universe from the original series yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it all, which I highly yeah. approved of. Yeah. Yeah. They could have done so many different versions yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, another thing that DS9 kind of introduced was Section Thirty One, um, which was the dark side the of dark. Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yes. obviously Discovery is delving even, yeah. you know, the birth of Section Thirty One. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like that seeing a darker side? I mean, because to me, Starfleet was always so pure and perfect, and then you find out no, it's just a top coating. There's a CV underneath that. You know, do whatever. You, oh, but then again, Cisco, mm-hmm. he did. You know, technically, he did something that Section Thirty One would have done. Yep. I have very mixed feelings about it because, on the one hand, I don't like it because I think utopian fiction is really important, and I think that there is almost no, if not absolutely nothing, other than Star Trek that is a utopianist fiction, and and especially living in the time that we need live in now with global warming and all of the other issues that we have, we need a vision of the future to know that we can be better. Yeah. Um, so on, on, on that sort of like intellectual level, I don't like it, but being from someone who lives in the darkest timeline, AKA right now, um, <laughs> it is more meaningful to me in a way. And I think that that's part of why I like deep space nine is because it really does show the suffering that happens mm. and that Starfleet often turns a blind eye to, and that, you know, was something I noticed even when watching TNG before, um, and that's part of the reason I don't like mirror universes either, is to me it's how can you be this utopian society that cares about the love of all and just leave all of these people in miserable circumstances and do nothing about it and not try to figure out some way to send operatives into the mirror universe mm. to help save all of these people. How can you live knowing that you and the people that you love are miserable somewhere else? Mm, um, and I think that Deep Space Nine has a much more sympathetic view to suffering Oh yeah, um, than mm-hmm. than most of the other shows. I mean, they had some of my favorite episodes are the ones yeah. I can't remember the names of with Benny, yeah. where they would go back oh. in time and show what it was like 
in the 50s, the 40s and yeah. 50s. That's yeah. far beyond the stars. Yeah. Yeah. I think they yeah. won the Hugo for that yeah. specific yeah. episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that it was just unbelievable writing and acting. Yes. Well, that could have been, know. I mean, that... that and then it makes you think, though, it's like, is this all in Benny's head, this whole DS9 thing? Yeah. Is it really real, or is this... A, a, he's a fiction, you know, a yeah. writer. Is this all his story? Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, oh, I just... I, lo- I, I mean, they leave it open. You yeah. don't yes, know. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you a know? great episode. I, I really like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have any... <laughs> I mean... Well, narrow I, it down I, with I, you well, well, well no, I, I mean yeah. uh, you know uh, gosh <laughs> My, no, the, the best episode of DS9 without a doubt is as you said it is far yeah. beyond the stars that episode could be it doesn't necessarily need to be a DS9 episode yes. it's just a great work of science fiction it could have been a Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. but just and it's a fun episode too because we get to see all the actors without their makeup on yes. everybody yeah. is set uh, you know, in the 1950s, and but they're all dark. Every character is a dark reflection of their DS9 character. So um, even like Ducat and Damar, they are there, and they are they are more evil in a sense because they are more recognizably evil because they are racist and they are yeah. they are doing they, they you know they, they they are beating up black people in the streets of New York City and yeah. and you know um, and also the cool thing about Far Beyond the Stars too is the fact it takes place um, at a science fiction. Uh, writer's room like a, an old 1950s era science fiction magazine okay mm-hmm. and all they're, they're all writers okay and uh, one of the characters as the character that Nana visitor plays Kira is uh, she plays this character uh, but it's based on DC fan Fontana yeah that's why she's writing under a oh. synonym for uh, being a man <laughs> exactly so yeah. In addition to it, there being all the all the you know social justice arcs that are going on in that episode, it's a wonderful callback to greater Star Trek because we see a writer's room around the era when the original series was written, and we see a very prominent female writer who is the best writer that they got. Right. Yeah. Know, but she can't say who yeah. she is, you know, because yeah. she couldn't get published otherwise. Yeah. Amongst other things too. So. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's they had a lot of those episodes. Really thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, like I said, I think it still was one of the best written. I, I think too. You know, the, the thing with Deep Space Nine is because we have an African American captain, and so much of you know we're, we're getting to know Captain Cisco and his family, but you know he is an, an, a descendant of African Americans, so the slave experience is very much something that, that's, that's part of him. I think they had to address both religion and some of those darker themes because of you know, and this is this is. A black Starfleet captain. Now, this is a big deal. It needs to reflect some, like, like, like it needs to come from a place of truth. Yeah. And so, because of that experience, I, I think that heavily informed what Deep Space Nine ultimately became, and even to its chagrin at the end, because Avery mm-hmm. Brooks does not like the way that Deep Space Nine ends. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're about, you're about to watch it. Do you care? Spoiler warning. Do you? How's it go? Spoiler. Spoil away. Spoil away. Okay. He's out of of luck. That's been out of the series. (laughs) Captain Sisko joins the prophets. He he, he ascends. He basically, he joins the great beyond. Essentially dies. This is part of the prophecies about the emissary. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, oh, it's when okay. he finally accepts the, that he's the, the man. Yeah. He, he right. goes through the prophets, but he has he leaves behind a pregnant wife and his son as well. Yes. Okay. So as one of the most common negative stereotypes about African Americans is that, you know, African American fathers walk out on, on women. And so Avery Brooks did not like that portrayal as the culmination of his experience on DS9. And so mm-hmm. he's kind of negative about Star Trek a little bit like in you know in his talkings about it because of, of that. And hmm. I understand absolutely where he's coming from. Um, I, I, I do understand where he's coming from with that. And I, I, it makes sense for where the character went, and he is the emissary for the, all the people of Bajor. He's not just his family guy, but at the end of the day, he does leave behind his, his pregnant wife and his, and his son, who is a yeah. grown-up. 
And he intentionally left. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he had a choice. Yeah, yeah. He chose to leave. So, so yeah, sure. I never even thought of that though when I watched it. Yeah, no, no. never even crossed again, my mind that. Yeah, but he was doing you know, that. again, I, I totally get it, and 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 that's sort of the interplay like that I was talking about earlier because you have the society where oh, of course it's not looked down upon black people if he leaves because that's not a problem anymore. We've solved racism. Yeah, but um, you know we live in the modern day and and how all of these things are portrayed really affects it. Like, I mean, to me, the sexism in Star Trek is really hard to watch. Um, And it's sad for me when I see like, oh, here's a utopia, but still the the, the guys are still hound dogs Mm -hmm. and like hitting on all the women constantly. And like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's utopia flavored by what era it's filmed in. Yeah. And and that's going to be the case no matter what we're talking about, you know, going forward. But I think that it's still so visionary though. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially the original series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, DS9, two, uh, two species that were known throughout, you know, all of the Trek series. They were really prominent. One would be the Ferengi. The second would be the Klingons. <laughs> yeah. We really got to know both of them. I mean, Klingon had a war. We had a war with them. And yeah. then the Ferengis, obviously, we had Cork. Right. And then we learned a lot. Those are probably my least favorite episodes. I was not a fan of Ferengis or Cork. Oh so they were the lighthearted. I know some people loved them. Team Ferengi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I no. love those episodes. Yeah. When I started watching it, she's like, you know, a lot of people, my best friend was like, a lot of people will tell you to skip the Ferengi episodes because they're silly and they don't really mean a lot, but they have Wallace Shawn, so you'll watch them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I will. My not favorite Ferengi episodes were created equal, but. Yeah. Well, no, I was just going to point out my, my favorite Ferengi trivia that I know of is that they were supposed to be the big bad of oh, yeah. TNG. Yeah, that. That. Yeah, and apparently everyone went, that. oh no. Yeah. No, no. So they had to re because yeah. they used to have whips, electric yep. whips. Yep, they had whips in the very first yeah. very first time we see them. Awful. Yep. Yeah, they're these big bads that they haven't yep. heard of from years mm-hmm. and yeah. 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 That Good just kind of changed Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the Frangies because I feel like they're a parody of like us. They are. They're, uh, absolutely, yes. the, the biggest parody of capitalism. Right? Yeah. The, the, yes. that's, that's their religion, is capitalism. And then yeah. I love Nog, and he's like converted to space communism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes me really happy. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, the comedy writing was really great in a lot of the Frangie episodes. Yes. And, and, but but they, they were the comic relief. Yes. I mean, that was the point yeah, of sure. them yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we got episodes like Little Green Men where. Oh, like, that was so good. Yeah. I do enjoy Yes. I know it's just like all of them but yeah but I still feel like even the more serious ones like there's one I think it's called Family Business it's in season three and it's about his mom gaining profit and he has yeah. to go mm-hmm. back yeah. and she's just like she's one of my favorite she's like a bra like, wearing characters. feminist yes. it's like yeah. of course they can't burn their bras because they can't wear them but uh, she, wears, she, she has wears, the nerve she to wear clothes. clothes she has the nerve to wear yes. clothes yes. and yep. Yep. I just mm-hmm. I love that episode it's so much fun but then it's also like very heartwarming and touching mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time yeah yeah, and the other ones were obviously the Klingons, which are another species yeah. I was not a fan of. I, I avoided most Worf episodes, and they brought him on. And I'm glad they brought him on. He definitely added to DS9. Yes, he yeah. Um But yeah, I don't, I don't know something about that species that... No, I feel you. I'm not a Klingon. I, I didn't. Mean, I love Worf. Worf is like... I enjoy it. Yeah. I don't yeah. dislike anything. Yeah. But it would be my least favorite, you know. For me, they were like the pinnacle of um, being just obnoxious. Obnox- 
What's the word I'm looking for? Obnoxious. 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 Yeah. Yeah. obnoxious and obstinate is where I was trying to put together. Because, you know, obnoxious. Obnoxious. Because, <laughs> you know, they have their outlook on life. Yes. And yes. that's the answer. Yeah. Yes. Which I don't agree with. Yeah. And so yeah. they've always rubbed me also, the wrong way. they're just like so aggressive. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there was the episode, I think it was Soldiers of the Empire or something like that, where it was essentially a Next Generation episode, but it was set on the bridge of, of, a, of Martok's you know, bird of prey. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. Worf and Dax somehow end up on this mission with, with the Klingons. Right. And it's all about morale. It's all about morale. Yeah. And it's about the, the way Klingon leadership works and ultimately, you know, and, and the way they fight it out at the end to, to prove superiority and then move forward as a greater whole. Yeah. 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 No, 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 that, that, no, I, I, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about characters now? Sure. That cool we can move on to that. Yeah, talk about Who your do you favorite, love? favorite love major you. characters. Okay, I'm going to say two. Okay. I loved Odo. Yeah. Okay. And Gal Ducat. <laughs> really? Really. That one's more for my boyfriend, Eric. He loves DS9, but he really, really made me think about this one. And it's just like he's probably one of the best villains. Best villain oh, definitely. arcs. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, definitely. One of the best definitely. villain Fair. arcs ever. And, and then episode and then, one. It's, yes. It's, mm-hmm. yes, from one to the very it, last it's episode. It's the very end. Yeah. It is. It's so beautifully written, mm-hmm. acted, yeah. and just very well done. So those are my two. Okay. Okay. Not, okay. okay. Oh, my favorite character is also a Cardassian. Oh, oh, is it's it? Garrett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just. I mean, yeah. he just has all the best lines. Yeah, like, he really does throughout the whole mm-hmm. series. Like, he's just he he makes me laugh all the time and smile. And then, um. Maybe maybe also Quark. I don't know. He's fun. <laughs> He's fun. Or Cisco. Quark or Cisco. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Chad. Uh, for me, number one would be Kira because I, I just love the way that actress ate every piece of scenery around her. <laughs> she every time them. she was on stage, yeah. and yeah. it worked. Like yeah. normally, I can't stand that, but for that character, it made one hundred percent sense. Yeah. Um, then second would um, would be Quark, just because. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, my third choice would be Dax, but. I think more just the idea of the Dax character. Mm. Oh, I don't okay. really just like the what species. they ever did with her. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not How about you, Tony? Uh, so, Odo. I'm definitely, definitely on DS9. I'm, I'm huge team Odo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why is they explored unrequited love as a major multi-season oh, theme. Yes. Yeah. Because he was always in love with Kira the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, and it was always there. And... Not until what, season six, I think they finally get together. I think it, in the end, yeah, but it's very, yeah, but but all, yeah. they go through all this crazy stuff. But they really, I just felt, you know, Odo is so similar to to Data. He's the emotionless one. He's also got the superpower, right? Yes, and, you know. So, but at the same time, he he just doesn't get people, and you know, yeah. he also doesn't know where he's from too. Yeah. He's, he yeah. thinks he's the only one, and when he finds out. He's not alone. That well, is that. Well, find oh. out his people are the worst people. Well, yeah, in the but but, but yeah. It's so that's a, that's, that's a very yeah. tragic storyline. It's just like, oh, I finally found my people. Oh, oh, and they're I the bad guy. Hated Odo. Oh, really? Until he found the rest of the changeling. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. And then I was well because he was just like. Okay, I mean, obviously I don't agree with Frangie. They're like terrible space capitalists, and I hate them. But like, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, they are like DS9 is a dark series. Mm-hmm. Yes. They are like the well-needed levity that is brought into it, in my opinion. Um, and you know, 
Odo is just so strict all the time and in a way that I think is very unempathetic. Mm. And then you you learn that, the, A, the fact that he has the morals to turn away from his people mm-hmm. um, despite his longing to find them forever. And then, B, the fact that his people are like, we control everything because we must control everything. And then you sort of understand more his desire to bring order and just mm-hmm. really what he good thinks point. is justice to the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. he makes the ultimate sacrifice. He yeah. gives up Kira yeah. to go back and save his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is nice. I mean, yeah. well, he, and even though he does not agree with the dominion yeah. slash the founders slash the changelings, um, he sacrifices himself multiple times yeah. to save them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, for me, I would say Cisco, Captain Cisco, yeah. was definitely right. Bald, goatee. yes, bald, yeah. goatee, yep. <laughs> Captain. He he became a favorite of mine. Kira is really good, and I think O'Brien because I think he's like the everyman. Yeah, you know, and oh, plus O'Brien. he's from TNG, and that yeah. was always kind of nice. And they really developed his character, yep. and I like yep. Keiko O'Brien. Yeah. Um, Every time Molly is on, I'm like more Molly, Molly yeah. all the time. Molly. <laughs> oh, that episode where they lose her and she grows oh, up. No. Oh my god, that was heartbreaking. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was yeah. that's a that's a rough episode to watch. But I love it. Yeah. I, I mean. So ugh, good. It's so good. I can, yeah, there's so many good episodes. Um, now, DS9 is known for its many characters. There was like over 30. Yeah. That actually had storylines going that they kind of would come to. So you guys have any favorite minor characters? Molly. <laughs> Just yeah. cute, cute babies all I the time. I liked Lita. Lita was good. Uh, I liked Ezra. Ezra. Dax. Yeah. Sorry, Ezra Dax was, yeah. was yeah. you know, I know she wasn't a minor character, but she was only on one season. Yeah, we didn't she get She took much. over. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I liked her interaction with Cisco. I didn't like her interaction with Worf because I didn't think they should be together just because they were yeah. lovers before. Yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, she definitely, I, I, you know, that had to be a hard position to come to. To come onto a position of yeah. a character that's well loved, everyone loved Jedzia. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, six seasons and then try to take her her place. Yeah, you know, no, it's tough. It wouldn't better if they would have mm-hmm. gone for a male, I think, and done a male, or even just like someone just so Dax. so different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, any other minor characters? I Rom? like uh, uh, Bashir's three augmented friends. That, 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 oh, the DNA receives oh, people. Yes. Like, it's the super genius, but they're all That's emotionally right. unstable. That's oh, right. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. Love those guys. Yep. That's a stupid question. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah, now what do you guys think of Brashear being augmented? Because that was a big story plot that, point. That was a... Because they didn't, didn't come in until, like, nowhere, mid... Too. Yeah, mid... Oh, yeah. Bashir's super. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that he was altered and... and they uh, kind of did that with Bashir a couple of times. It's like, oh, he did this. Well, they didn't know oh, what to... I don't think... I they think they that's because they had problems writing his character. Yeah. 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 Well, he yeah, started he out as a... Yeah, because he was pining for Gen Z in the first season or two. Well, the first season or two was pining for pretty much anything that was female. Yeah, no. And that... I mean, I hated Bashir in the first season. And then it was finally, like... When later that I was like, oh wait, you're actually charming and cool. I liked like, him because yeah. he became him and uh, O'Brien became best friends. Yeah, yeah I was and so that cute. Was a I nice, love that. that. And his know, friendship yeah. with Gary. You very too. rarely see that. Yeah. Oh yes, I like his I friendship with Gary. Yes, yeah. you you oh, yeah. rarely rare, rarely see those kind of yeah. bromance things. Yeah. I mean, the Doctor nice. is usually one of my favorite characters of every Star Trek show, yeah. except this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I kind of wish that they hadn't sent Jake's girlfriend off of the, the Dabo mm. girl. Oh. 
Because I oh, thought, yeah. like, she would have been, like, kind of cool. Yeah. She's, yeah. like... Yeah, and I feel like, let's... Let's why not? Let's have a sex worker on yeah, the side. Well, I feel like they, I yeah. feel they, 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 they had to make a decision. They could only have one double girl, and so they gave the double girl to uh, Lita. To yeah. Lita, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah no, yeah. that's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I liked uh, Opaka. Yeah, I loved Opaka. I liked. I, I liked. Was it Vinic? Uh, uh, Vinic? The, Vinic Brile? Yeah, Brile. Yeah, yeah, I liked Brile. Kira's lover. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a really good character, and it was sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, when mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, was, she was but she was so good oh no she was, she was so good at Louise being Louise Richard I said Nurse Richard right Nurse yeah. Richard was amazing yeah. yeah she was incredible yeah. Yeah. I mean but I hated her so oh, much oh the worst <laughs> yeah um, I would go with Rom I really I liked Rom, Rom. Well, Rom was wait, just wait do you sweet. know what happens to Rom I don't so don't tell oh, me okay, okay. don't spoil that <laughs> don't spoil that Rom gets a lot oh yeah so funny. <laughs> Ron wins Game of Thrones. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I would say that's very appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so you're rewarded. Also, like, Mookie, Rom. Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Rom. I would love to have him. I would love. I would agree with so that. So sassy and so fun. And love I it. Her. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked favorite episodes. Didn't we did we already... talk a little bit. I don't know if there's... I thought of one that I did, an actual episode that I know the name of and everything. Wow. It's in a first season, so I've probably seen it like 12 times. <laughs> uh, Babel. Oh, yes. Which that was a good one. Where they all start speaking nonsense. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's yes, a cool yes, 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 yeah. 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 one. Because there's that, that one scene yeah. where they go into the sick bay and Quark stand there and he just goes, Hand! <laughs> <laughs> I can clearly picture it. All the time. There's um, the classic uh, Trials and... Tribulations. Tribulations. Yeah. Oh, that's, a that's a fun one. That yeah. was definitely a fun I like one. That, yeah. one. that was our um, Star Trek First Contact teaser episode too. Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I'm trying to remember some individual episodes place. on this show are harder, um, I think. It's it's I think Tony Todd plays an older Jake. It's called The Visitor. Thank the you. Oh, yeah. So heart wrenching. I'm trying to remember yes. the, the name of it, but I'm like, I know that this is the plot. Yeah. <laughs> and that one's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. That is, and I think Tony Todd does a beautiful yes. job. Who um, normally plays Worf's brother. Who, yeah, he plays Worf's brother. That's yeah. what I was trying yeah. to remember. Um, that's that's an episode that really uh, stuck with me. That's a, I can't. That's a hard one yeah. for me to watch over and over again because it's so yeah. heart wrenching. The one thing I liked about that episode is it gave you hope if you suddenly want to change what you do in yeah. the middle of your life you can become an expert at something even though you're already you know yeah. or whatever what was it um grandma moses didn't start painting she was 60 or 70 or something oh my gosh i believe it yeah um, i really liked the improbable cause and the dice cast which are um this they're garrick episodes and he finds out that his mentor who was in the obsidian order um is like going on this almost suicide mission to the dominion mm-hmm. um and he brings and it's a garrick odo episode which is interesting because mm-hmm. i feel like you don't get that yeah. a lot but they have really great chemistry mm-hmm. like yeah, the, the the obsidian order captures odo base or they they hold yeah. him captive at the end right yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. and they okay. and they keep him from being able to to turn into a puddle of goo and oh like, yeah goes all like wonky. oh that's right he starts getting yeah, yeah. I love that one. Um, okay okay but yeah i mean i think that that's just such an interesting episode because you get view into these characters that are so reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so well written. There are so many funny bar- parts. It, it starts with this joke about Julius Caesar and how Garrick's like, I don't understand why it's a tragedy. I'd say it's more of a farce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then you have like the whole thing about uh, 
the the boy who cried wolf and Garrick's like I'm pretty sure the moral of that is never tell the same lie twice yeah. <laughs> so it's just like peak yes, Garrick yeah. Just really, really good lines. Does. Really good writing in this series. So yeah. good. And um, but but you you it, it's also one of his few moments of vulnerability where he's trying to save his his mentor and father figure, um, even though he clearly disagrees with him um, on like most things. And then you also get so much insight into Odo and so much vulnerability in him, and he so rarely has any. And I think yeah. that's why I really like that one. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's finish up with the Dominion War. Um. This is the first time, you know, Trek's always been, like you say, a utopia future. Uh, yeah. This was the first time it went dark, and it went really dark. Yeah. I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people died. Yeah. Uh, it had some of the m- most amazing battle scenes, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. visually. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a good choice for this series to take? I'm going to save you for last. So, Chad. Um, that's the what probably I know the least about. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think it was just because of what came before and what came after. Yeah. So it really, in my opinion, that's what I would, if I wanted to watch Star Trek Battle, I would go to that. Yeah. Uh, before I go to the any of the other ones. I just don't know what they would have done instead. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, it's so central to Deep Space Nine. I can't yeah. conceive of Deep Space Nine otherwise. Mm. Yeah. And? I think they, I don't know if it was the necessarily, be, the writers wanted to be different and show another part of what Starfleet is. And it's like, yes, you can have a utopia, but not everywhere in the galaxy is going to have that. And how do you get to maybe that next part? Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, yes. I think it was necessary, and I think it was necessary for that series to differentiate itself from mm. from Trek, or Trek from, from 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 Next Generation, yeah. from Picard, from that kind of way, and then looking at something different. And yeah, it's like it's not always going to be peace. Yeah. So, and I think that was a necessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, the so DS9 kind of figured itself out when the Klingon War started. That's when they got Worf. That's when DS9 got all the battle enhancements with all the photon torpedo rays mm-hmm. and the Defiant mm-hmm. came in. So war was... War the Spectre of War ultimately became the driving force behind, what, seasons like 3, 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. Yes. And then 7 kind of was like a, like a long story arc. But but in that sense, I think it was very fan servicey, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, the timing of when war came to Deep Space Nine was when it was... Is it going to happen without next gen? Next gen's done. Is it going to be able to stand on its own? And then they went on for a season, and then they brought in Worf, and we got the yeah, we, we got the we got the Dominion there. I feel like it was a choice that was made because maybe you know the studio was like, you got to do something big to, to stay on. What you're going to do? Okay, well, well might as well have a war. Yeah, you know. Um, but the way that, that they evolved that, and it, it became you know, first it was a war with the Klingons, and then we found that the real villain was the Founders, and then ultimately it became the Klingons and the Federation against the Founders, and then. The intrigue to how do you build this intergalactic coalition that needs to fight off this this uh, this entity that lives in another part of the galaxy. It was awesome science fiction, is really what it came down to. And honestly, I think in the grand scheme of things, the most comparable show that we're going to see in terms of story arc to DS9 in science fiction is Game of Thrones, I think. And in terms of also where it's going to, the entire specter of the last seasons of DS9 was we're getting this big final battle. It's going to be the big Dominion War, yeah. and it ultimately happens. And but and and ultimately, they have the big war, they end up, the Federation wins, 
but it's bitter in yeah. a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, they're, they're, it's bittersweet. Yeah, it, it's very totally much. bittersweet. And then mm-hmm. there's still a few episodes after that where it's we have to now we have to deal with the complete consequences. Martok is the chancellor, and then that's when Cisco goes away. So it was necessary, but it was also I feel the the, the theme of war was sewn on out of necessity, but it grew into something larger than yeah. it was originally. So it was great, but I think it was totally a fan service thing at the end <laughs> of the day. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for discussing Deep Space Nine. Obviously, we're all huge Star Trek fans. And, you know, uh, like it, love it, like it a little bit. It's still a great part of the Trek universe. So uh, thank you again, guys, for uh, chatting. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our discussion on Deep Space Nine. As I said, we're all huge, huge fans. It's always fun talking Trek and learning tidbits here and there. Uh, things I didn't know about, hearing other people's perspective on things that I have a certain way of looking at it and then hearing an alternate way is really, really cool. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can. For me personally, you can go to at GeekyFanboy. If you want to follow the podcast, you can go to at Geek underscore Roundtable. We're also on Facebook. Just type in the Geek Roundtable and give us a like. That would be much appreciated. And if you want to send us any comments or any suggestions on topics for a roundtable, you can go ahead and send your emails to thegeekroundtable at gmail.com. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that discussion on Star Trek D Space Nine. Once again, I want to thank my friends Tony, Melody, Anne, and Chad. And I want to thank my listeners for tuning in every month uh, for the Geek Roundtable. So until next time, take care. <laughs> That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives Works 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved.